Thanks for joining us today. At City Life, we have one purpose, making it easy for people to say yes to Jesus. We believe today's message will empower you to do exactly that. But remember that church is so much more than a sermon you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life. Well, good morning, church. We are so glad that you are with us. For those tuning in to City Life for the very first time, I want to extend a very special welcome to you. Uh, wow, our world has changed so much in the last three weeks, the, the C-19 adventure that we are all on. And uh, now we're starting to adjust to it. It's starting to feel like uh, this might last for a little while. Uh, maybe some of you, uh, you've got some brand new routines, or maybe you have a lack of routines going on in your life. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a, l- a lot of questions. Is what, 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 what is the purpose of this? Why, why did this happen? Why is this happening now? What is God trying to teach us? It's, you see a lot, of, a, lot of, uh, a lot of questions out there about well, what's God trying to teach me through this? Um, you know, why does God do I don't. I don't know that necessarily it's accurate to say God does stuff like this, but he got, God wants to do stuff in your life through events like this. And uh, what, what you say, well, what does he want to do? Well, I think a great place to look to, to discover what God wants to do is just to go to the Bible because that's where he reveals his will to us. And there's a letter that was written by a man named John. It was John who, he was actually one of the disciples of Jesus, and he's, he's writing to one of his friends. He's writing a letter to one of his friends. And you, you have to understand, in New Testament times, when the, when the church was first being born, they kind of always lived with this sense of anxiousness uh, in terms of what was going to happen to them next. They, were, they didn't know, would today be the day that somebody would try and persecute us or somebody would try and uh, hunt us down? And so they, they always lived with this constant... Uh, this constant pressure over their heads. And this is what, this is in the middle of this type of situation. This is what John wrote to one of his friends. He said, beloved friend, I pray that you're prospering in every way and that you're continually enjoying good health just as your soul is prospering. And you know, one of the things I can confidently say that in this time, God wants your your life to be filled with health, with goodness. He wants your life to be increasing. In fact, there's a recurring theme all through the Bible that, that basically says that God wants our lives to be increasing and expanding and, and just to be continually increasing in, in, in our influence, in our health, in our soul, mind, and body. And, uh, you know, in a, in a situation like this, it's so easy. It's so easy to just be tempted to hit the pause button on life. Well, we're all in isolation. We're all sitting in our basements. We're all watching Netflix. I'm just going to check out. I'm just going to take an extended leave until this whole isolation thing is over. And I just, you know, that would be a mistake because when we switch off, we end up actually missing the purpose of God in that, in that season or for that season of our life. And one, one thing I do know is God does have something that he wants to do in your life through this season. And we look at Galatians chapter 6. He's, he says, make no mistake about it. God will not be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing that you harvest. And the harvest you reap, what you, in other words, what you're getting right now in your life, what you're seeing as results, uh, the harvest you reap reveals the seeds that you planted. 
If you plant corrupt seeds of self-life, of self-living into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. That's pretty strong words. But if you plant good seeds, the seeds of spirit life, you'll reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. What is, what is, he t- what is the author telling us here in this passage of scripture? He's saying, make sure you're careful about what you're planting. Because, and if what, you ha- or what you're experiencing in your life, you don't like it, well, that's what you were planting in the last season of your life. So plant good seed in this season of your life. He says, when you, when you plant, plant the corrupt seeds of, of self-life. That's just the pursuit of self-happiness and, and just making me, it's a me first type of seed. It says that you reap, you can ex- expect to reap a harvest of corruption. And uh, that word corruption, it, it actually kind of carries a picture with it. It's like the slow unraveling. It's like a blanket that's just slowly coming apart. The parents that had, you know, you have your children that had that fa- favorite blankie when they were a kid. By the time they hit about four or five years old, that blanket, it's, it's getting corrupted. It's, 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 got some, it's got some funny looking stains on it. The, the, it's coming apart at the corners. It's, it's not going to last. But, you know, that's, that's kind of what the enemy wants to do to us. He wants us to unravel. He wants to, to shrink and diminish. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe before this whole C-19 thing hit, you were already feeling like your life was unraveling. Maybe, maybe there was uncertainty in your marriage or your job or your family or maybe your friendships or maybe even your spiritual life. You just felt that there was nothing substantial there. Kind of that word unraveling really describes what you felt your life was like. Well, instead of allowing that to continue, I want to encourage you, plant some new seeds in this season. Seeds that, that can bring a new harvest because just like it said in Galatians, this is guaranteed what you plant, that's what you're going to reap in the next season of your life. You know, there's, there's um, the, the saying is it takes eight weeks to form a habit. And uh, I, want to, I want to just encourage you, don't, don't get in the habit of just switching off in this time. Don't get a ha- in, a, in the habit. Because I think we're all pretty sure now this, we're probably going to be in this for a good eight weeks. I think, I think that's, we're, we're pretty safe to say that. And, uh, you know, at the end of this season, there's going to be either good habits, good new habits established, or there could be some real not-so-good habits. Let's... let's plant some good seeds. Let's form some good habits. And instead of just being entertained or just switching off, let's, let's use this. Uh, let's be intentional in this season to bring some fresh life and bring some fresh order to our lives and into our eternal world. And so I want to talk today, I want to talk about you. And I want to talk about me. And uh, what we are, how how what we are affects us. You know, we're basically, the, the Bible describes us as three things. We, are, we have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. And w- which one are we? Well, we're, we're all three combined. The spirit, we have a spirit. God has given us a spirit. When, you, when we say yes to Jesus, our spirit comes alive. Our spirit is actually redeemed in an instant. 
And, you know, the, the Bible says anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Behold, the old has passed away and all things have been made new. Now, obviously, that's not talking about our body. That's talking about a different part of us. That's talking about our spirit. Our spirit is born all over again. You know, Jesus told a religious leader in his day, you have to be born again. And that religious leader, uh, that religious leader's name was Nicodemus. We'll just call him Nick for short. You know, Nick said to Jesus, well, how do I do that? I can't, like, crawl back into my mother's womb. And uh, Jesus said, no, you've already been born of flesh, but you need to be born again of spirit. There's a, there's a brand new thing that happens in our life when we say yes to Jesus for the first time. You're free. That part of you is free. That part of you is forgiven. That part of you, know how, it knows no sin. It is a brand new creation. Your spirit... Your spirit is where God resides in you. Your spirit is what strengthens and empowers you. It's what gives you, it's what gives you inner strength. Our spirit lives by the word of God. Its strength is faith and it's alive. It's a part of us that's alive to God. Your spirit can never be corrupted again. It can never be, it can be never, never be blackened. It has been redeemed from sin. It can never be blackened by sin again. But it can be weakened. And our spirit can live in a weakened state. By failing to feed our spirit, we, it fails to grow in straight strength. And you know, how, how do you know if you have a healthy spirit or an unhealthy spirit? Well, a healthy spirit has, has desire for, for the things of God. A healthy spirit has the desire for things of rightness and righteousness. An unhealthy spirit is indifferent. It has no desire to, to pursue right things. It has no desire to, uh, for, for spiritual things. And the second part of our, our, of our being is our soul. And our soul is what, our soul is kind of, that's your personality. That's who you are. It's your intellect. It's your will. It's your emotions. It's, you know, when we say yes to Jesus, Jesus begins our soul on a journey of restoration. That, that, and that restoration is actually, it's fueled by the spirit side of our life. So it's, it's important we guard our soul. Because our soul can be damaged. It can be corrupted. What, and and it's, it's damaged and corrupted not just through experiences, but often it's damaged or corrupted through what we feed it. What we, what we feed our soul can leave us weakened. It can even leave us more than weakened. It can leave us broken. If you feed on the disappointments of your past or disappointments of your present, your soul can become uh, hard and indifferent. If you feed on bitterness or resentment, your, your soul can actually become toxic and hostile. What happens when we have weakness in our soul? You know, things, it's, we find it very difficult to let things go. We're easily offended. We're quick to lose our temper. We, we may, in some, it shows up as anxiousness or depression. These are, these are all out of weakness of the soul. We don't want to interact with others. We find ourselves wanting to escape from others. We, we, we find that challenges are overwhelming and we lack energy just to, just to go through life. But what we feed on can also strengthen our soul. You know, you feed on thankfulness and your soul becomes gracious, becomes patient. You feed on forgiveness your soul becomes compassionate. Let me tell you, a strong soul, it can handle changes. 
It can handle challenges. It can handle disappointments. It doesn't rely on external conditions to be, to be content, but it has strength in inner reserve. This is why in that, in that verse that I started off with, that he said, I, I pray that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. There's just something powerful about a prospering soul. And then, of course, the last part of us, this is a part of us that most of us, uh, it, it's not hard to identify with. It's our body. It's our physical body. And, you know, it's, it's obvious with our body where, you know, nutrition and exercise yield obvious benefits of physical health and physical strength. But sometimes what's not so obvious is, you know, a, a strong or a healthy physical body, it also, it also contributes to a healthy soul and a healthy spirit. And this is, this is why Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Don't you know that your body, it's not just, it's not just what you're, you're, you're cramming french fries and chips and cheesies into. Your, your body is, a, is, is actually a temple. It's a home for the Holy Spirit. And so he said, there's, there's more. It's, our body is not just what carries us around. It's actually carrying around the presence of God. It's a vessel in which our soul and spirit are contained. And, and what, he's, what he's telling us is take care of that vessel. Take care of that vessel. And why, why would he tell us to take care of that? Well, because all three are connected. All three are connected. What we do to one area of our life actually affects the other two areas. What we do to our body affects our spirit, affects our soul. What we do to our soul can affect our body and our spirit. You know, there's, this, there's a saying in the fitness world, and it really applies to these areas. It's, it's this, it's like no amount of exercise can ever make up for poor diet. And whether we're talking about spirit, soul, or body, Nothing can make up for poor diet. If we're not feeding those areas of our life, if we're not feeding them good and, and uh, you know, uplifting and strengthening things, what happens is they begin to tear the other areas down. You know, there's a word that you're, we're starting to hear more and more in, uh, when it comes to uh, medicine and health. And that, the word is inflammation. And the, as, as they're studying more and more about inflammation in the body, there, there's a lot of, lot of things in our body, a lot of conditions that we're hearing about now that we, we didn't hear about so much 40 or 50 years ago. And we're finding that a lot of things like, that, are, that are on the increase, like type 2 diabetes and Crohn's and asthma and allergies, there's a lot, it seems to be a lot more of these things now than there, than there were in the past. And, and uh, what, they're dis- what they're discovering is a lot of these things are actually inflammatory diseases. They're, they're diseases that they're, not ac- they're, they're caused by excess inflammation in our own bodies. And they're, they're, as, as researchers are continuing to look into the effects of inflammation, they're finding that it's contributing to many other conditions, conditions like Alzheimer's, dementia, depression, anxiety, ADD, ADHD. There's just compelling study after study that's beginning to show a lot of these conditions actually have their roots in inflammation in the body. And what, what, what's, what does that do? Well, an inflamed body is an immune-compromised body. An inflamed body, it's unable to function the way that it was designed to function. And what's interesting is the primary cause of inflammation, it's not, it's not disease, it's not viruses, it's not sickness, it's not even genetics. The primary, the primary thing that affects inflammation is actually diet. What we feed our bodies makes a difference. 
what we feed our souls, it can actually cause inflammation of our soul. It, if, we, if we feed our souls poorly, it can reduce our ability to fight infection, to process life, to process friendships, to process relationships properly. You know, the, all these areas are connected. What we feed ourselves, it affects everything. It, it affects the other areas. The health of our body, it influences our emotional life. We've, we've all been through a season, maybe you're exceptionally busy, and something as simple as uh, not getting enough sleep or not getting, or, or, or maybe you've just been working really hard, hard and you just keep maybe grabbing a burger and fries for dinner or for, for lunch. And you, you know that after three or four days, you, you, what you fed your body starts showing up in your emotions. Starts showing up in the way you treat others. You know, the health of our, our spirit, it, it, affects, it affects our emotions. It affects our physical choices. When we fail to take care of our body. It affects us spiritually and emotionally. When we, when we fail to properly feed our soul, our intellect, and our emotions, we, we can end up physically and spiritually weakened. A healthy person. A healthy person is a person who is growing in all three of these areas. And, and, and in this season of change, in this season of change, I want to encourage you, it's so important that you're taking the time to feed all three areas of your life well. You know, the, the times of transition... Psychologists, they, they tell us that times of transition or crisis is the times where change is most likely to occur in our life. And it, have we ever been in a time of transition or crisis on planet Earth like we are today? Like we literally, just talking with one of the, one of the other people here at service before, before we went on, and it's like, this has never happened before that everybody on the planet is facing the same challenge in the same way. Everyone on planet Earth is, is in this transition or crisis. Well, you know, in our lives, you say, well, how do I know if this is going to turn out good or turn out bad? Well, it's all going to depend on what, so, what seeds you sow into your life in this time. Whether those changes are for the better or for the, for the worse, they depend on the seeds you sow the health of your spirit, the health of your soul, and the health of your body. And so let's talk about, let's talk about growth. Let's talk about change because we all know that you know, things are going to change. Th things are going to happen in this next season of our lives, in the next season of our country, in the next season of our planet. Things are going to change on a global, but they're also going to change on, on, an, on a very personal scale. So let's talk about how can we grow through changes like this? How can we change for the better through times of crisis? How can we change for the better through these transitions? Well, the first thing is growth requires a cause, or change requires a cause. You know, so many, so many times in our life, isn't it true that we just, we, we want something to change, we desire something to change, but it doesn't change? You know, we, we, uh, yeah, one of the things we like to do is we like to uh, take vacations. Monica and I like to take vacations in places where the people speak Spanish. And uh, our, our favorite place is these, these Latin American countries. And, and I say to Monica, you know, I would really like to learn to speak Spanish. Now, 
it, that, that would take, take a little bit of effort. But if I were to say to you, I wonder if I'll ever learn to speak Spanish, you would say, well, what are you doing to learn to speak Spanish? And say, well, I have the desire. I want to learn to speak Spanish. You know, desire isn't always enough. So there's a lot of things we look at and we say, well, I desire that. But desire alone won't get you there. You need a cause. You need something that, that, that drives you a little more. And I want to I jump back now 20 years uh, to uh, an experience that I had. It was the very first missions trip I had ever gone on. And we went, uh, we went to Russia. We went to Kazakhstan. And uh, we, there was a group of us. There was, I don't know, I don't even remember now. I, I think there was about a dozen of us, 16 of us. And we had one interpreter. And guess what? In Russia, nobody speaks English. Nobody. You are on your own. And so we land. I've got my little, this was long before you had like iPhones and Google Translate. You got a little paper book. It was the, the Russian English dictionary. And you had to just look up every single word or phrase that you wanted to learn and to learn how to communicate with people. And most of the time, you know, most of the time you would say the phrase and people would just look at you like, what did you just say? It, it, that's not Russian. I don't know what that is, but that's definitely not Russian. But you know what happened is, is we got stuck on our own. We were here, I, I think we were there for two weeks. Um, as, we, as, as we were going through just our everyday affairs, just something as simple as being able to, to buy uh, something to drink or something to eat, you had to be able to communicate. Their numbers aren't even the same. Like, nothing was the same. And so there was a cause. The cause is I need to eat. The cause is I need to know where the bathroom is. And because of that cause, in two weeks... I was able to actually learn to speak enough Russian to be able to, to do transactions financially, to be able to find the bathroom, to be able to get food, to get bread, to get whatever, whatever it took to keep going. You know, it's interesting when we, when we have a cause, it, it, it just helps us, it helps us move forward so much better. Growth is not the result of just desire. Desire is a great place to start, but it's the result of embracing a cause. See, a cause, when we have a cause, when we have something that, that, that is deeper than just a desire, it creates perseverance. And perseverance creates a pathway. I want to just, just ask us right now, what are the causes that we're embracing at this time in our lives? What are the causes that are going to drive us forward? The second thing you guys are going to love this point. The second thing, if you want to see change, you want to see growth in your life, growth and change require self-denial. Oh, yeah, even, the groan was even loud here. I heard all of you. You know, self-denial is so countercultural. We live in a day and age where it's all about personal freedom. It's all about personal choice. It's all about the freedom to choose, the freedom to express, the freedom to do whatever we want. And if you want to start, you want to watch people get enraged, just start talking about limiting people's personal freedom. Just talk, just talk about you know, taking away choice. I'll tell you, in, in our culture, our Western culture, self, self first is Self is on the throne of our lives, and it is alive 
and well. You know, we, we worship at the throne of self as a culture. But let's, let's look at this for a minute. How's this working out for us? How's this working out for us as a culture? You know, as a, as a culture, Western society, and particularly even in, in Canada here, we are wealthier and freer than people have ever been in the history of mankind. Yet the, the, the rise in discontent, in anxiety, in depression, you want to talk about a pandemic in our society, that, there, that these conditions are growing in ever-increasing ever numbers, yet from everything that's around us, they shouldn't be. We have to hit the pause button and ask why. Why, why, is, why are these things growing the way they're growing? Could it be that having self as the center of our lives doesn't actually work? Could it be that, that being me-centered is actually ruining our souls? Just because we can do whatever we want, does that mean we should do whatever we want? This is what Jesus talked this is, this is what Jesus taught his disciples about self-life or, or about me first. He said, he said this to his disciples in John chapter 12. He said, let me make this clear. A single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies. Because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat, all because one grain died. The person who loves his life and pampers himself will miss true life. But the one who detaches his life from the world and abandons, abandons himself to me will find true life and enjoy it forever. If you want to be my disciple, follow me and you will go where I am going. And if you truly follow me as my disciple, the Father will show his favor upon your life. You know, Jesus said, if you want to find life, you need to lose it. He says, he said, the greatest of you will be the servant of many. The greatest, the least among you will, be, will become the greatest. He just invites us to a completely different way of living. A way of living that isn't me first, but it's him first. And allow him to, to just create something totally different within us. And the last thing here is growth or change. It requires action. It requires action. You know, when it comes to our physical bodies, we know uh, if we want to get into shape physically, it, it takes some actions. We need to eat well. We need to exercise regularly. But what about, what about if I want my soul transformed? What if I want my spirit to be strengthening, strengthened, just desiring it. That's not enough. It takes action. And there's some very specific actions that we can take that make a big difference, uh, that will make a big difference in us, body, soul, and spirit. You know, I want to I encourage you. The first thing is connect with others. Get connected to others. You know, there is strength that comes from being joined to other people. And in, a, in our day and age, we've got the challenge. We have to learn how to join with others without be, being able to, to be physically present with others. But I'll tell you, it can be done. And there's a strength that comes when you get, when you get joined with people that are going the same direction, that are people that are working for the same thing as yourself. There, there comes strength from that. You feed one another. You strengthen one another. You know, the first... The first thing that happened when, when Adam was put on the earth is 
God looked at Adam and he said, it is not good for him to be alone. You know, in your life, it is not good for you to try and overcome alone. It is not good for you to try and change alone. Get around others. Connect with others. We're, we're, in church, there's going to be virtual meetings. There's going to be virtual groups. But also, fill your life. Get your life around healthy thinkers. Get, your, get yourself and your, expose your mind to healthy thoughts and healthy thought patterns. Some of that you can do through podcasts. Some of that you can do through teaching. But there's so much that comes from, from what others can, can put in our lives it, that contributes to change in our lives. The second thing is get yourself on a schedule. Get yourself, on, or maybe you want to call it get yourself on a, on a, on a feeding plan. Get yourself on a schedule. Start daily or semi-daily routines or rituals that, that, that help feed the areas and sow good seeds into the different areas of your life, the areas that you want to see strengthened. And when it comes to your devotions, I want to encourage you, you know, read the Bible for insight, not just for volume. When you, when you go to the scriptures, just stop and pause before you, before you start reading your Bible and say, God, will you show me something that I can, that I can live on today spiritually? You know, Jesus, Jesus himself said, you don't live on bread alone. People don't live by bread alone, but they live. Life comes from every word that comes from the mouth of God. This, this, this brings strength to your spirit. Spend time in meditation. Just take, take moments or take portions of your day where you just eliminate distractions. Take the phone and just leave it in the, in the other room. Just take, your, take, take anything that rings, buzzes, or bleeps and just put it in a different spot. And take, take your, just, just take your Bible and just go and allow God to speak to you. I guarantee you, He wants to lead you. He wants to feed you. He wants to bring life to your spirit. Another, another thing that maybe for in the areas that you're wanting to grow is maybe start learning something new. Maybe start a new learning program or, or uh, get educated in, in something. Sometimes, sometimes we don't change because we just don't know enough on how to change. Just begin to get, begin to learn. Schedule what you want changed and, and, and your life will begin to change and sow good seeds in those areas. And then the last and final thing here today is invite Christ. Invite Christ to lead you in all areas of your life. Allow God to speak to you. He does want to, he wants to lead you. And you know, he's not going to, he's not going to lead you with big, with big banners in the sky or plain writing something in the clouds. It says the voice of, of God is, it comes like that still, small voice, just that small whisper that he wants to just begin to whisper into your life, to lead you, to begin to, to, to draw you down the path that he has for you. And when it's all, when everything's all busy around us, it's very hard to hear that still, small voice. But I'll tell you, he wants, he wants to speak to you. So we're just going to, take a moment and pray and wherever you're at we just close our eyes wherever we're at just take a moment you can just set that phone aside you can set that ipad aside whatever whatever message you're just sending to your friends right now just stop for a moment 
let's just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us about our future. Father, we just give you permission to speak to us today about what you have for us, about not so much the activities that you have, but who you want to make us into. Those areas of our life that are maybe weakened or toxic, that you want to bring strength and healing to. Lord, we just give you permission to lead us right now into a place of strength in those areas, to impart your life into us, to teach us in this, in this season of change in our culture, to teach us how to walk forward to a good place, to teach us to walk forward to a place of health and a place of healing and wholeness, that we can, we can bring life and healing and, and wholeness to those around us. Father, we thank you for your presence. Like we sang earlier, that you, you are with us. You're in front of us. You're behind us. You're beside us. You're with us. Your 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 life. Your leading. Your spirit. You've you've proclaimed favor over our lives, and where we've we've believed other messages, where we've believed that we're not good enough, that we're something that we believe that there's something missing. You've said there's nothing missing. You've said that we can do all things through you who strengthen us. So Lord, we look to you for the strength. We look to you to lead us in these days ahead. We look to you to, to lead us to a good place, a healthy place, a place of your goodness and a place of your abundance. And I'm just gonna pray one more prayer. It's a prayer saying yes to Jesus. And maybe you've never, you've never prayed a prayer like that. It's easy. And we're gonna pray this together as a, we, we pray this every week in church, we pray this. And wherever you're, you're at, you can, just, you can just join along with me. If you're, you're saying, I want to say yes to, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to say yes to his plan and his purpose. Then you can just join with me as I pray. Jesus, would you come into my life? I want all that you have for me. I want to follow your plan for my life. I give you permission to come in, to lead me. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for the fresh start. And I invite you in now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor as a church to play just a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to seeing you soon here at City Life.